0: Politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The conservative review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots, without a voice, your voice is being heard and being channeled through this show. Daniel Horowitz here in the house. See our podcast for April 2nd. April Fool's Day might be over, but the political class and the media still think you and I are the fool's. Well, we need to reverse the tables on them. A lot to talk about today. Stuff that is not... It would be funny if we lived in different times, but it's actually not. It's deadly serious. And the steps that you and I take together in the coming days and weeks will determine the outcomes of the rest of our lives. This is not even about politics anymore. Everything we've even talked about, while it's vitally important To what's happening today. That's besides the point. Nothing matters at this point. I'm going to start off by asking you for a personal favor. Now it's a personal favor that might sound exclusively personal. But it really cuts to the core. Of the future of our country. I don't care about my own job anymore. This has gotten so bad. That this is so beyond any of us. This is all biblical. I don't even care anymore. This is about getting out the truth for for our entire civilization. I need you guys to go to blazetv.com, blazetv.com forward slash CR, and what that does for you is it gives you a special promo code. You type in, there's a place to uh, press promo code Daniel. And that will get you a one-time offer of $30 off an entire year's subscription to Blaze TV. Goes down from $99 to $69 if you do it this week. $69 for an entire year of content. Um, it's My show is, is, is personally free, but it's for everyone. Everyone, Beck, Levin, you name it. And again, this is not just to keep the lights running on the blaze but it certainly will help this is about having one last beacon beacon of truth and freedom in this country we have a degree of corona fascism taking place that all of us collectively could not have envisioned even even a week or two ago and this is just the tip of the iceberg the the degree of The plague of fear, panic, hatred, and discord that the media is sowing is so dangerous that while this virus came from China, it is now turning us as a society into China. And it's being catalyzed and being induced and being impelled by the very forces who ignored the source of this virus. It's creating a degree of sickening paranoia. Everything that is happening is being driven by the media. You control the media narrative. You control every outcome of this administration. And if you have the administration, certainly you're going to have all the governors and the fascist mayors and everyone else. And then it trickles down to the people, where each person starts snitching and surveilling each other. As the media counts every single death in real time of people just in a vacuum from this thing and they focus on a vacuum on coronavirus with no regard to anything else no regard to questioning the science behind this no matter how severe the consequences are when you're talking about 10 million now just came out this morning 10 million unemployed unemployment claims just from two weeks that's just the tip of the iceberg next week will be much much more the week after will be much much more and again this doesn't factor in those who have been cut back But haven't filed for unemployment claims yet. That's not about your 401k. As some of the corona shamers have been suggesting. That is about lives. Especially with all the medical jobs being cut. And we'll get to that. But what is bothering me is you have now governors. Indiana Republican. Alleged Republican Governor Holcomb. Putting out this snitching. Report anyone. Look, this is happening in my neighborhood, my area, with so-called community leaders obsessively panicking and scaring and putting out messages of hatred and discourse and and, and discord, not discourse, there is no discourse allowed, discord, and paranoia and harshness rather than a a unifying message and a message of love and a message of faith. And a message of working together. So much for together or united separately. This is the biggest plague that is happening now. And it all comes from the media. You know, as a kid growing up, like anyone who's Jewish, but, you know, if you're not Jewish as well, but certainly if um, you're of the Jewish faith, you always wonder the most remarkable thing about the Holocaust was how it happened in a Western country, which was the beacon of enlightenment at the time, not in the Black era, Middle Ages, but in the 20th century. How could you have, you know, Jews were living in the Rhineland since, um, you know, God, for 2,000 years, uh, since the destruction of the Temple era, at least, and you know, they were there for forever. And, and suddenly one regime with control of all disse- dissemination of information was able to turn a society against those people. It was just remarkable. And that always it always scared me like, wow, how, how could that happen? Yet ironically, with modern technology, I now understand now it could happen even quicker and even swifter. This lynch mob of virtue signaling. How you could create a hysteria in a vacuum with no context, but only pretext. No balance, but only capricious and erratic paranoia, pandering, and panic. How you could just turn everyone into a bunch of fascists. No questions asked. About the veracity of the models that have already been proven false. About what is the value add of what we can do. And I'm not talking about even overnight. Hey, overnight, look. We, we have information saying there's going to be a nuclear fallout. You got to stay in your houses. All right, fine. That, 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 that's fine. But at some point, the duration and the severity of what you're doing should at least foster a democratic debate. You want to do it remotely, do it remotely. Suddenly technology is impotent when it comes to legislatures and, and city councils and Congress. They're out a session. Shut up the media and executives and unelected Fauci people. Control every aspect of our life. Issue a death warrant on every aspect of our lives. I mean, Jordan Shackdale, who has done Pulitzer Prize worthy work. We'll have him on again my former colleague you can follow him at jordan shackdale on twitter he told me he's getting dm threats of people threatening to report him and shut him down that that's the final that's the only clause of the bill of rights we still have i could totally see that happening to us but i will tell you i know some of you might have different comments and observations you'll send me on different show hosts different figures in my network Look, not everyone's the same. Not everyone's like me. I'm not like everyone else. But I will tell you, I am very proud to say that we are all on the same page with the fundamentals of Corona fascism and the need to at least study and debate and ask questions about what is going on here. So that is why it is so important to keep the lights on at Blaze Media. Again, blazetv.com forward slash CR promo code Daniel it's not even a matter of keeping you know the money flowing I don't even care about money anymore I just don't care the truth has got to get out and I know a lot of you are hurting too and it's a lot to ask you know but you know if you if you aren't out of a job $69 a year to get the truth out you ain't getting it from Fox News that's for sure And um, this is the only opposition we have until until it's shut down. And I'm dead serious about that. Economic Hiroshima and Corona fascism. All sowed by a plague of fear, panic, hatred, and discord. You know, I just want to start off with some stories I'm seeing. And they might sound very tangential, little bit parsimonious to what we're talking about but in fact it embodies everything that's going on now there's a lot of these stories but i'm just gonna read to you a, a few of them this is from the hill.com pennsylvania man opened fire after confrontation over coughing without covering mouth police in johnstown pennsylvania says shots were fired at a local sheets gas station during a dispute that began with a man coughing and not covering his mouth last weekend the suspect Gulemaro Alvarez. Huh, interesting. Hmm. Alleg- allegedly fired into an occupied vehicle Saturday, prompting the driver, William Sorrow, to drive home from the scene and call 911. Officers arrested Alvarez, who dropped the gun when told to and found that he did not have a concealed carry permit. By the way, I'm sure he'll be let go then, because if you assault someone with a gun, then you're okay. Um, Sorrow <laughs> later told police in an interview that he saw Alvarez walking through the parking lot, coughing and not covering, and told him to cover his mouth, um, citing the coronavirus pandemic, which led to an altercation in which Alvarez allegedly drew a pistol and fired a round into Sara's windshield before firing several more more rounds into the front driver's side tire. Now, I'm certainly not um, (laughs) blessing this Alvarez's guy's uh, response of of shooting you wonder if he's an illegal alien but notice what this is leading to the discord this is leading to again full disclosure cover your freaking mouth i mean that that's that's the no-brainer stuff we should be doing that will facilitate not having a shutdown but i'm just saying this was outdoors you know it wasn't you know closed in closed confinement but you know my broader message Is this. We are at a point where we have done everything you could possibly do, even if you believe it was needed and it's proven and it's good. We have done everything we can do as a society. To shut ourselves down, assuming that is even the ticket to stopping this, which is very, very questionable. With this type of plague at this type of stage, at least as we've talked about in numerous episodes. But at this point, we need a unifying message, right? Three weeks ago, you could say, look, you know, people aren't taking it seriously enough. We got to make sure we got to scare people a little bit. You're falling asleep at the wheel. You're drifting into the left guardrail on the road. You need to compensate and drive a little bit to the right. But at some point, when you are so turning that steering wheel in the other direction, Is there no fear, whether it's economically, whether it's mental health, whether it's physical health, whether it's paranoia and panic, that at some point, you are driving into the other guardrail. This is not a free-for-all open lane. You have to make important balance and choices here. Choices rooted in balance. And at some point, when you have whether they're community leaders, religious leaders, governors, mayors, Fauci, and whatever other unelected clown in Kushner's team, that's another thing. Politico has an article out today on Kushner running the um, coronavirus response. Seems like there's nothing he doesn't run. And I know some of you all don't trust Politico, Daniel. Well, I don't. I have it on good word from people that would know <laughs> okay so like not everything that they say showing that is in charge isn't true stop that nonsense i get some of that stupidity on twitter but anyway at some point it's got to stop it's got to stop there's no even if you agree with everything we've done until now and you agree with the faulty science of the selectively chosen models that are continuously modified all to result in a very peculiar mix of outcomes. But everyone needs to recognize that there is no value add and there is only negative consequences to pushing the panic button even more at this stage. It's got to stop. We need to have a rigorous, balanced, prudential debate taking into account a full array and amalgamation of factors to deal with this. You cannot continue down this trajectory of fear, panic, hatred, discord, surveillance, fascism. It will not save a single life at this point, but it will cost many. You know, another story here I'll read to you. New York woman punched, robbed for wearing respirator mask at stores, authorities say. This is in a a town in Monroe County near Rochester, New York. Four teens, teens are accused of punching and robbing a woman at a Hilton, New York business because she was wearing a respirator mask, authorities announced Tuesday. Deputies responded to a family dollar on March 23rd. For the report of a robbery, a woman said a group of people confronted her because she was, quote, wearing a respirator mask inside the store. Officials with the Monroe County Sheriff's Office said the victim was being harassed by the group of people who were stating she was infected with coronavirus. As she exited the store, the woman was punched in the face by multiple people and her keys and wallet were stolen, deputies said. The group then left the area and were found in a nearby Ogden Nearby Ogden, where their vehicle was stopped, and they were taken into custody. Batone said the incident was not racially motivated. <laughs> I guess that's the dead giveaway on the um identity of the assailants and the victim because he wouldn't know it until that comment um but anyway, um Rocco Jingello eighteen Alexis Jingello nineteen and Tanya O'Connor, nineteen are charged. Or Taya O'Connor, 19, are charged with second-degree robbery, a felony, while Nicholas Henderson, 19, is charged with second-degree robbery, fourth-degree criminal possession of a weapon, and various driving-related charges. The teens were arraigned in Parmatown Court and released. And released! So there's a couple things here to unpack. Number one, do you understand what we're causing? So now if someone's just taking a simple precaution, which everyone agrees is prudent, more prudent than the shutdown, just wearing a mask, oh, you're infected. And they went and attacked her. Now it could be, to be fair, it was just a pretext just to beat her up, and there were just a bunch of youth punks who would have done it anyway. So I'm not 100% sure it was caused by the panic and fear. After all, they weren't too concerned about social distancing to reach into her pocket and steal her stuff i mean think about it I, i'm just i'm just thinking like I, I mean i'm not sure what the third There, there's four names here a third sounds like it could be male or female but the other three i mean the fourth but the other three um look like they're males for sure i'm just thinking what could possess a society that, that, that could breed people that you could have four individuals to go and punch a single woman in the face. And notice what's funny about these roving youths, thanks to, to jailbreak policies. They're always, they always travel in groups. Like even to beat up a woman, they'll never do it one on one. It will always be like four men to beat up one woman. Just 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 an observation that we had that recently, just two blocks away from me. Very, very similar story. But another thing, those of you who are part of our advanced degree course of truth probably picked up on when I read this story. Second degree robbery, fourth degree criminal possession of a weapon. See, notice what I said before. This is the big lie about jailbreak and the big lie about overcriminalization and over-incarceration. We have built into the system 15 levels of undercharging by a mile. There's nothing nuanced. There's nothing like, it's not like people got into a fight or something. They just took an innocent woman and beat her up. It's only second degree, fourth degree charges. So therefore, they're eligible for jailbreak, for bail, um, released without bail. So they're released. And number two, even once they go to the um, arraignment and eventually trial, assuming they even show up, you're starting off. You're starting off with second-degree assault or robbery, which is nothing. Now, luckily, they're all 18 or 19, because if they were under that, then they would literally ne- get, get no jail time. But you're starting off, once you have that trial and the lawyer's done with that, you'd be lucky if you get three to six months out of them. And it wouldn't even be time served because they're not serving any time. They're released. But anyway, just to return to the broader point, this is the degree of, dis- of, of, of panic, fear, paranoia, and discord that our govern- government is sowing. Another story I want to read to you. TheHill.com. Defense chief says states can use National Guard to enforce stay-at-home orders. Defense Secretary Mark Esper said Tuesday that states have the option of using the National Guard to enforce stay-at-home orders amid the coronavirus pandemic. That would be an option for governors, Esper said on CBS News. Again, the Guard active, is an active... The Guard is active in all 50 states and territories. I'm very proud of what our Guardsmen are doing. But we have a whole lot of capacity out there in the Guard right now to do more. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, every single state and territory, we know they're going to grow in size and in their power. Friends. This is the subhuman dirtbag schmuck Esper, the same man that said, following the placement of hundreds of Saudi military personnel on our bases, and one of them shoots up our naval men, he says, not only are we not going to suspend that program, we're going to double that program in five years. And indeed, that's what they're doing. Folks, what worse people would you have in a Democrat administration? I'm serious. And here's another point. We were told by these very same schmucks, very same people, oh, Daniel, there's nothing we can do to stop an invasion of cartels, drug runners, gang members, previously deported sex offenders at our border. Oh, Daniel, you can't use the military in more, in more than a logistical capacity at our border because you see, Daniel... That would violate Pashikama Tatish. You can only use a military to rebuild Afghanistan and Iraq. You can't use it at our border. Because that would be Pashikama Tatish. So to use it at our international border against external belligerents Is a violation of civil liberties. But you can now have the National Guard going street to street, house to house. To enforce unconstitutional orders. With no transparency no public input, no legislatures checking and balancing it, no courts checking and balancing it, and faulty models. But don't worry. This is all part of Dr. Fauci's um, models and simulations. It's all, it's all in there. Trust and don't verify. And on that note, before we just go on more with um, chronofascism, I just want to note some of you are asking me, you know, now that we mentioned the border, well, Daniel, this is good news. Um, you know, Trump announced yesterday, and you had their Esper as well. They announced this massive, unprecedented operation um in the Pacific, the maritime forces, the Coast Guard against the Cartels, declaring war on the cartels. Look, Daniel, there's at least some good news here. Finally, finally, they're taking the cartels seriously. So I, th- th- this warrants its own show, and I don't want to distract from the issue at hand, um, but I just want to mention two observations on that that are, that are very important. Very, very important. And I'm just looking right now at a, at a text chain I have with a, a, with a border agent who's at the border. So first, the political observation and then the policy logistical observation. So, from a political perspective, isn't it funny how when the consummate issue of our time is the border, Trump's an empty suit and is out to launch? Finally, now that the border crisis is like small potatoes because we don't have a country to even save anymore. It's so much more existential than that. It's in our cities and towns and homes now. We have to get our fascism over with before we can even worry about a border. Suddenly, he opens up the press conference to distract us. Oh, hey, look at the squirrel. Look at the border. But then number two, on a policy level, from what I'm hearing, and and you could read, read the articles. You don't need to hear insider information. It's obvious. This is not about our land border and the Mexican cartels. It's all about virtue signaling with Maduro. It's about Maduro and his cartels and kind of countering him. I'm not saying I'm opposed to it. But I'm saying this is not a matter of, oh, we have Marines at the border finally shooting at the cartels, taking ground, holding a buffer zone, and securing our border once and for all. That's not what it is. It's a maritime operation all around the politics of the neocon Venezuela policy. Okay? I'm sorry to dump cold water on you, but that's what my border agent friend is saying. And again, if you once you have that perspective, now go and read the articles on it, and you'll see exactly what 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 my border agent friend is talking about so that's with that but here we are where there is there's no holds barred again every even if you're okay with a certain level of fascism just remember every twenty four hours they are thinking of new ways to engage in surveillance fascism McCarthyism and by the way it's much worse than anything McCarthy did, what they're doing now. I'm just using their term. Um, yeah, I mean, this is, look, you know, uh, this is from, there's a website, cchfreedom.org, at Healthcare Freedom. They warn... And there is so much stuff in that bill that they just passed that we we, we have no clue, not just because we're focusing like on the economic consequences, the debt, the market distortions, but think about freedom. Congress just approved $500 million for the creation of a nationwide health surveillance system. While it is not clear exactly how this will look, the system is not a last-minute decision based on the current emergency. This system has long been supported by the data-hungry healthcare industry, data corporations, and state, local, and federal government agencies as the Health Information Management Systems Society just announced on their website. Here we go. Here we go. Is, is, that, is that necessary that we don't die either? Is that also in the models and simulations? Is that part of the science of saving lives? Hmm. It's funny. How come? How, how is it? that every single fascist left-wing political outcome that they've always wanted somehow is proven by the crisis. You see, there's something interesting going on here. Something interesting going on here. One thing that you would think everyone would agree to with this crisis, right, even if you believe in corona fascism and the shutdown fully and, you know, we need to do this, you know, full blast. Everyone would agree that once we get this started, even if you are generally speaking more of an open borders guy, my gosh, with 10 million unemployment claims in two weeks, blowing out the Great Depression, you would think we would put a little bit of a moratorium on foreign workers. Yet, yesterday, the Trump administration held the H-1B visa lottery to bring in 85,000 more H-1B visas. Okay? Nursing jobs. Nurses are being let go now because of the fascism. Nurses are being let go. Nursing jobs are big H-1B and and the wives of H-1B, that's the um, H-4E-A-D, that goes along with it. That's not even included in those numbers. 15% of those visas typically fluctuates a little bit, but if you look at the application level, it doesn't mean they're gonna be approved, but at the application level, about 15% are from China. So when you add in spouses and everything, you could easily get 15, 20,000 Chinese workers. Lock us up. Shut us up. Take away our liberties. Crush every job. And bring in more Chinese. Is that in the falsy models too? If I, if I raise questions about that, am I killing lives too? Trump, this is from Breitbart, we're not going to have farms without H-2A foreign workers. You know, you got to give the president credit. When Trump does globalism... He does it bigly. <laughs> I mean, dude, this guy, I mean, Jeb Bush, the Bushes have nothing on him. Man, but I should just fall in line. Hell to the chief. Um, so you got that. In that vein, I want to discuss an article, a very important article I have out at conservativereview.com. When you want to talk about the arbitrary, inconsistent, capricious, insidious nature of what is shut down and what is not shut down. Let me ask you a question. You have a pandemic. You have a virus spreading. Kills, we don't really know how many people wind up getting it and asymptomatic, mild symptoms, but anywhere from, let's say, you know, a third of a percent to one, two, three percent, depending on the demographic and the place. And, you know, you would recognize you you or at least you should recognize even if you believe it's necessary that there is a terrible trade-off that you're going to have to balance at some point with lives fascism liberty constitution and livelihood so what you would do is you would try i'm not being political here i mean prudentially speaking you would try to aim for the things that are the largest force multipliers to spreading a virus The biggest dangers, but don't take the biggest bite out of the economy. What is the first thing you would shut down? If politics weren't driving this, if science, common sense, and prudence would be driving this, what would be the first thing you would shut down? Mass transit, subways. You know, there's something beautiful and I never really appreciated it until th- these few weeks, about the American automobile. The car, the automobile, is the great beacon of freedom. It's the great symbol of American openness and individualism and freedom. But you know what it also is? It's also the biggest antidote to the religion of social distancing. You see, the problem they have in places like Israel and a lot of European countries is in a lot of cities, like, people don't own cars. I mean, they're fully reliant on mass transit, which is exactly what the tyrants want, by the way. Cars are the beacon of freedom. See, obviously, you shut down mass transit, it's going to – look, you shut down anything. You shut down travel from China, it's going to take some sort of bite out of our economy. But think about this. Let me ask you the following question. Let me ask you the following question. Which scenario would result in a better outcome both for containing coronavirus and for keeping as much of the economy working as we can? Would it be scenario one, which is keeping most businesses open, facilitated through individual car travel and wearing masks and gloves? Or shutting down every single business, even those small businesses, which are taking the brunt of the hit, according to the famous payroll provider, ADP. So shutting them all down, empowering the National Guard, potentially, and police to stop even a single person traveling in a car. No spreading, social distancing, right? And asking them, where are you headed, but leaving open subways. Folks, we had it checked out as of April 1st, either in part or fully, the following subway systems, and this is not an exhaustive list. These are just the ones I looked at. It's really almost every city. Indianapolis, Seattle, Miami, LA, San Francisco is buses, not trains. But Detroit, New Orleans, New Orleans, DC, in a reduced service, Atlanta, New Jersey, Chicago, and New York City. Oh, but Daniel, but, but some people, the ones that are essential, have to get to work. Think about this. What is the bigger trade off on net? Banning individual businesses that you could get to it by car travel or subways? See, anyway, people are scared out of their wits, and anyway, a number of people have the ability, no matter what, to telecommute. So people could borrow cars, rent cars. Believe me, I'm sure people who who are losing jobs would rather pay the expense of of renting a car if they don't have one. For whatever reason, they relied on public transportation. Then have it completely shut down. There's a lot of evidence that if you look at the map of zip codes of the virus, in New York city that the, um, the subways have been a huge spreader and it's common sense. It's common sense. So again, you can't, you know, if you step outside of your house and you talk to one individual or something, you're going to have a snitcher. You're going to, you know, you, you, you can't take a pleasure hike in certain parks now that are wide open with your family but you could pack into a subway. Let me ask you something. If you are a corona fascist, a corona paranoia, that nothing in life matters but lockdown under the false promise of stopping coronavirus, wouldn't you think you would be up in arms about shutting down subways in the the short term and in the long term finding a way to further rebuild America's logistics more on car and truck travel and less on mass transit. Wouldn't you think that would be the answer? Instead in the freaking crap bill that passed and was signed enthusiastically by our esteemed president. Who by the way it's extremely hard to tell the difference between him and Pelosi. You could Google Trump Pelosi infrastructure spending. Phase four stimulus. They are in a hundred percent agreement. On everything about lockdown, everything about fascism, and everything about spending market distortions. But $25 billion were allocated for mass transit in the bill already passed. And Pelosi, a big part of her infrastructure spending is going to be what? You guessed it, mass transit. Well, you know, I'm just a Neanderthal here. I'm not a Fauci and I, I don't, you know, I'm not an epidemiologist here. But I don't know. I mean, wouldn't you think that if you want to become a McCarthyist fascist to start shutting things down and snitching and surveilling, wouldn't you think your number one target would be mass transit? I mean, again, I know I'm going to get flack for this, but. I live I don't live in rural Wyoming. I live just outside of Baltimore. Now it's not New York City, but it's pretty urban. And it's also not upper income by any stretch of the imagination. It's middle income by anyone's definition, my neighborhood. And I'll tell you this much: my size is my house is a fraction of the size of any of these um, corona fascists. And I will tell you everyone in my neighborhood has two cars, and in fact, those with like older kids at home, you know sixteen, eighteen, nineteen, a lot of times they have three cars. it's just it's become an American tradition, uh, and again, I'm not talking about people that are like you know earning three hundred thousand dollars. I'm talking about squarely middle class that's just that's just what has happened in America, and there's a lot of advantages to that, but no, nope. Keep mass transit open and shut down businesses that could totally be, be run abiding by CDC guidelines. It's all necessary. It's all for the public good. Shut up. Stop asking questions. It's settled science. How are we supposed to take this seriously when we see things like this? Again, this is exactly what um, you know. We talked about different case law on limitations on quarantine law, and again, it was all about quarantining an individual. There's a case, People X rel. Barmore v. Robertson, 1922. This is an Illinois; it's a state case, an Illinois Supreme Court case from 100 years ago. And again, this was all about locking up an individual who was tested for typhoid, I believe. It was one individual. That's what quarantine always was, or a group of people shutting down an entire country is not quarantine anymore, and there's no constitutional authority to do that. Now, they said, obviously, you could do that, which makes sense. They had the power, but in that, they explain that states have quarantine powers with the exception, quote, of regulations adopted for the protection of public health that are arbitrary, oppressive, and unreasonable. Arbitrary, oppressive, and unreasonable. Shut up, Daniel. You're not allowed to ask questions. How dare you question this? How dare you question the science behind it? Well, you know what? We will continue questioning it. And we will continue exposing the insidious duplicity. You know exactly where this is headed. Now, I just got a little distracted... I must I must admit, as I was doing this show, this stuff is just pouring in different cases. And there's another case that I think is so so vital that has come about, and it just came out that the train derailment in San Pedro was a deliberate attempt to smash USNS Mercy, prosecutors say. Okay? So this, you know, this is something I guess the article is in ABC 7. I saw this yesterday out of L.A., um, KBC. An engineer deliberately ran a train off the tracks at high speed near the port of Los Angeles in an attempt to crash into the USNS Mercy Hospital ship, prosecutors say. Pacific Harbor Line train Derail Tuesday, running through the end of the track and crashing through barriers, finally coming to rest about 250 yards from the docked naval ship. It's a big story. Big story out there. Um, and federal prosecutors alleged train engineer Eduardo Moreno of San Pedro intended to hit the ship, saying he thought it was suspicious and did not believe the ship is what they say it's for. Um, I just I just don't know what to tell you guys. My fear is there's going to be a lot of crazy paranoia going on. Now obviously, this ship was brought in to handle um, non-coronavirus patients to help ease the burden of local hospitals. The ship has 1,000 hospital beds. It's not clear what exactly the guy was trying to do, but it just really caught my eye because, again the power of ubiquitous media paranoia is its bigger than a nuclear bomb. Again, what happened in Germany stirring up everyone, that happened without 24-7 every second being pinged on a phone of all sorts of fake information. Life was slower, much slower, by a factor of a thousand. So... That's just something to keep in mind, one of the many, many subtle, subtle acute consequences of what we're doing, aside from the obvious ones. We don't have much time here. I just want to end off here with um, a story by uh, Center for Immigration Studies, David North. DHS makes H-1B process easier and the number of applications rises. As we predicted the other day, the number of H-1B applications is up this year, probably as a result of an easier, less expensive application process. There were some 275,000 pitches for the 85,000 slots covered by the annual ceiling on new H-1B visas. This is about a 37% increase over last year. A lottery system will distribute the work permissions. Were the government really interested in preserving American jobs for legal permanent residents of the United States, it would raise both the cost of the process and the wages that these foreign workers must be paid. But DHS has declined those options. We will surely hear from the industry shortly that the increase in applications reflects an increasing demand for skilled workers. Their spokesperson will try to keep straight faces as they make such statements at a time of massively increased unemployment. Um, There you go. At some point. People with a megaphone who call themselves conservatives and have access to the White House need to start asking themselves questions. Um, You see, DHS is not its independent branch of government, independent from the president. There is someone called Donald J. Trump, who is president of the United States. Make draw your own conclusions. But there's something really dark going on here. And now is not the time to silence, debate, and tell people to shut up and just accept everything unquestionably. Let me uh, end with this perspective. Alexander Hamilton, in his essay, The Farmer Refuted, this is long before the Constitution and the Revolution, I think it was in the 1760s. The sacred rights of mankind are not to be rummaged for among old parchments or musty records. They are written as with a sunbeam in the whole volume of human nature by the hand of the divinity itself and can never be erased or obscured by mortal power. You always need to question mortal power. But at a time like this, when we are getting the worst amalgamation of contradictory logic to result in consistently extreme fascist and left-wing outcomes, we must start throwing red flags. And that's why I need you to join me. Subscribe to our and like our Facebook Horowitz Citizen Sanctuary page. We need a citizen sanctuary now more than ever. Uh, Obviously, my Twitter account at rmconservative. And again, go to blazetv.com forward slash CR to get your $30 off one-time promo code Daniel to get the full Blaze TV subscription, $69 a year to arm yourself with all the information you need to take the fight to your legislatures. And your councilmen and Congress and the White House. I know they shut off their line very conveniently, but um, take it to them. Pressure other so-called conservatives. Why aren't they speaking up? Why is this show different from other shows? This needs to be full court. Nothing else matters until this is dealt with. Because I will tell you, folks, if we squander our final chance to save the republic through the existing political system, if we so choose to, as Jefferson said in the Declaration, quote, to suffer while evils are sufferable, our only remaining recourse will be a path far more painful and insurmountable. Thanks for listening. God bless you all. and God keep us safe. Till tomorrow. This has been another episode of CR Podcast.